You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number six. Today we will be discussing Luke, chapter 12, verses 13 through 15 and 22 through 31. At that time, while Jesus was teaching, one of the multitudes said to him, Teacher, bid my brother divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me judge or divider over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of all covetousness, for a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat, nor about your body, what you shall put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you being anxious can add a cubit to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin, Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O men of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be of anxious mind. For all the nations of the world seek these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things shall be yours as well. So, Father, my first question uh, is that uh, this passage, it begins with a disagreement over an inheritance, and Jesus gives the response that he is not the judge over this matter and warns the man against covetousness. Why would Jesus refrain from making a fair judgment in this dispute? Well, the real simple answer is that Jesus' kingdom is not of this world, as he told Pontius Pilate in their encounter in John's Gospel. Okay. I like the simple answer, Father, but how about a more elaborate one? Okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. Um, well, I would say that Jesus' mission was for something much higher than the things of this world, the material possessions and so forth. He's not interested in judging cases where people are fighting about the things of this world that, as he says elsewhere, uh, moth and rust destroy. Jesus is interested in teaching us about how we may attain the resurrection unto life not about settling these relatively minor disputes where people are seeking to acquire more earthly things, all of which they cannot take with them beyond the grave. Uh, you know, the passage uh, actually reminds me of, of several other important scriptural texts. Would you, uh, would you share some of those with us? Yeah, the first passage that comes to mind is, is when the Pharisees try to trap Jesus by asking him if it's lawful to pay taxes unto Caesar. I'm sorry to sidetrack us, Father, but... <clears throat> Uh, I usually leave that up to you, but that actually brings up a question I've had before about this story. Why do they ask Jesus if it's lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Wouldn't it be against the law not to pay taxes? Uh, yeah, go ahead and give me a minute here. I'm going to mark down that episode six is the first time you've got a sidetrack before I did. <laughs> so we'll remember that in the future. Noted. But on a, on a more serious note, 
Uh, I'm glad that you brought up that question because I see how it could be confusing to people uh, who don't understand the context. Uh, of course, yes, it, it was the law that you had to pay taxes to Caesar if you lived in the Roman Empire, uh, which Jesus and his fellow Jews did at the time that he walked the earth. Uh, but what the Pharisees were saying here was about the Mosaic law, and to understand how they were trying to entangle him in his talk, which is what the text says, uh, you have to know what was going on in Jerusalem during Jesus' life. I think I probably know where you're going with this from some of your sermons and classes in our parish before, but please do explain that for our hearers. So at, at the time of Jesus, uh, Jerusalem was under Roman occupation. And what that means is that Jerusalem was under the military control of the Roman Empire, and they were not allowing the Jews to control the city or to have their own nation. Now, we often hear of Jesus as being the Messiah, and obviously we understand that term now in light of Jesus. Uh, but importantly, at the time, virtually all the Jews, if not, if not every single one of them, uh, who had hopes for a Jewish nation, viewed the Messiah as being someone who would be a strong military leader who was able to defeat the Roman army and knock them back out of Jerusalem so the Jews could establish that as the capital of their own nation. Okay, and I'm with you so far. So can you tie together for us then how this historical context relates to the Pharisees asking Jesus about whether it was lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Sure, it, it's really very simple. Um, what, what the Pharisees are getting at is this. Uh, how is it lawful for us as Jews to pay taxes to Caesar when Caesar is going to use that tax money to help fund uh, his mighty army that's then going to keep us from establishing our capital in Jerusalem? I mean, think of it this way. It's like, it's like people today who really don't like the fact that so much of their tax money is being used to fight wars in the Middle East, or for the uh, U.S. military to get involved in dozens of countries. Um, but imagine the situation Jesus and the Pharisees are in. You aren't just funding wars that you might not like that are overseas by paying your taxes to Caesar. You're actually funding an occupation against you and your own kinsmen. That makes so much more sense than why the Bible says that the Pharisees were trying to entangle Jesus. Yeah, and of course, uh, Jesus answered the Pharisees' question about whether they should pay taxes to Caesar was brilliant. Uh, he told them to bring him a coin and tell them whose image was on the coin. And they said correctly, of course, that it was Caesar's image. And, and Jesus told them uh, the famous line, Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. So in other words, Jesus is saying not to worry about the money. Exactly. Uh, his kingdom is not of this world, and he's not the Messiah that the people wanted. Uh, one who would be a military leader and fight back against the enemy to kick them out of the land. And I'm sure we can discuss this in future episodes uh, a little bit more, but for now, uh, I'll just say that instead Jesus was a peaceful Messiah who conquers the enemy by converting the enemy to his gospel, his gospel of peace, and by breaking down the wall between nations and inviting everyone to sit at his table of fellowship. Thanks for that explanation, Father. And I think you said that you had one more passage you wanted to mention that relates to this question of Jesus being the judge over the inheritance. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for, thanks for the reminder there. Uh, the other one that, that comes to mind is one that, at least unfortunately uh, to me, is rarely cited. It's from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, uh, chapter 6, verse 7. 
So St. Paul is actually chiding the Corinthian Christians for suing one another in the civil court system. And he asks uh, this very brief, uh, poignant, and rhetorical question uh, that's so powerful. He says, why do you not rather accept wrong? And honestly, that one just, it floors me every time that I read it. Uh, I think most people are this way, but I probably should only speak for myself. Uh, But I like to feel that if someone does something wrong against me, there will be some sort of recompense. I I don't necessarily mean, you know, getting even uh, per se, but at least that the other person would have uh, some sort of consequence for their behavior, that there would be justice. But St. Paul is saying, look, what's the point in arguing with each other and suing each other in the civil courts uh, over these silly earthly matters? Just accept that sometimes you're wrong. Uh, Now, again, uh, I always want to be pastoral and and clarify this doesn't mean someone should accept straight up and continued abuse. I mean, this this type of stuff in the Bible should never be used uh, to justify a woman or even a man uh, staying in an abusive relationship or a child thinking they should never tell trusted people about being abused and so forth. Uh, But what St. Paul is talking about is similar to what Jesus is saying uh, in this original passage that you picked out for today's episode. He's saying, quit worrying about your inheritance or how this person owes you this amount of money or that person owes you this favor and so forth. Uh, Just accept that sometimes uh, you will be wronged. And of course, the reason uh, St. Paul is is saying that uh, is because we're called to be like Christ. And Christ overlooked our wrongdoings and showed mercy on us instead of justice. And we're so hardwired to want uh, a sense of justice that it's hard for us to override that. But in in many circumstances, we really should just forget about justice and focus on being merciful. Father, turning back specifically to the initial passage that I read from Luke, I'll ask my, my final main question, and that is that the Lord tells us not to be anxious about anything, not to worry about what we will eat, drink, and so forth. Is this a charge against thoughtful planning for the future? Or in other words, you just need to have faith and everything you need will be taken care of. That's a great question, Jason. Uh, and my, my response would be um, absolutely not. That, that is to say, in no way is the Lord telling us uh, not to be thoughtful in planning for the future. Uh, but I can see in the word choice that, that you use there, uh, using that term thoughtful, uh, that you intuitively understand the difference. <laughs> well, I think so, but I'd appreciate your thoughts. Well, I would just begin by pointing out that Jesus mentioned uh, the most basic things that we need as human beings to survive. In other words, uh, food, shelter, and clothing. And he notes that God will provide for us in these areas, no matter how much we worry or how anxious we are about them. In reality, we do worry about these things, but we tend to worry about them not because we think we won't have them, but because we're worried about, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, so to speak. Uh, We're worried because uh, we want a bigger, nicer, more expensive house. We get anxious about food, not because there's any real likelihood uh, for us living today in the United States of America that we'll have a shortage of it, but because we want to eat food that we really enjoy eating. And we don't want just any old clothes from the thrift store. We want the popular clothes that people in the magazines are wearing. Uh, it's important to, to note that Jesus is not promising uh, that you're going to have the nicest house on the block or that you're going to be eating 
uh, every night at Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Uh, he's not talking about having designer clothes. He's simply saying that we should focus on doing what's right and that God will provide our basic needs. Now, in, in terms of thoughtful planning for the future, uh, we should be considerate of others, and most especially for those of us uh, who've chosen to be parents. We have an absolute responsibility to do everything in our power to provide for the basic physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of our children. You know, interesting, interestingly enough, though, uh, that very often means creating some scarcity of luxury, even if we could afford uh, to be luxurious. Or another way to say that is to be sure that we don't spoil them and never allow them to experience uh, difficulties and hardships that they need to learn to overcome. Uh, so again, even there, we have to be, uh, to use your word, thoughtful. And then another thing that comes to mind, uh, I think, for many people with this passage is uh, retirement planning. And uh, I know Jason's getting nervous because he's a financial planner, but I don't think Jesus is telling us uh, to be irresponsible with uh, making reasonable plans for retirement. But recognize there's a big difference between uh, making reasonable plans and, and being worried or anxious about it. Uh, for example, it's, it's reasonable and wise, or again, uh, Jason, to use your word, it's thoughtful, uh, to make good financial decisions uh, for retirement. You know, so to sit down and to make a plan and to stick to that uh, is great. Uh, but that's different than a person worrying about every up and down move in the stock market and watching it every day, every hour, worrying about, uh, you know, this move or that move. So to answer your question uh, succinctly, uh, Jesus is not by any means telling us to be irresponsible with our lives. Uh, he's not telling us to discard thoughtful and considerate planning. Uh, but he is telling us uh, not to let the cares of this world become our focus. And even more so, he's telling us that when things aren't always working out the way we hoped, when we've been carefully and thoughtfully planning to take a step back, relax and realize that he's in control and that he will provide our basic needs for us, and he will do anything above and beyond that uh, in his own time and, and for our own benefit. So to sum this up, I, I'd really like to quote uh, one of my professors, Father Harry Pappas, uh, who said uh, th this quote uh, at, a, at a retreat he gave many years ago at our church, but it stuck with me ever since then. And he said, it's easier to see God in the rearview mirror. And I know I've certainly found that to be true. It resonated with me when he said it, and it's resonated with me several times since. Some of the difficulties that I've faced uh, that led me to being worried and anxious uh, turned out to be important lessons in my life. And looking back on them, I can see and trust that God's hand was involved in those situations in ways I didn't understand as I was looking uh, through the fr uh, front windshield, so to speak. Thank you, Father. In today's episode, Father Aaron reminded us that Jesus is not interested in resolving earthly disputes over our possessions, but rather in teaching us how we may attain our salvation, for his kingdom is not of this world. We were reminded of the passage from St. Matthew's Gospel that says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
Father Aaron also referenced a verse from 1 Corinthians where Paul teaches us that there are times when we should abandon seeking justice in our circumstance and focus rather on being merciful. Our attention then turned to our Lord's direction not to be anxious about anything and how this relates to thoughtful planning for the future. Here we were encouraged to take care and not be reckless with our future and to not allow the cares of this world to become our sole focus. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to thee, O God.